All right. Good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are. This is, you're welcome to Everyday Lessons Now. I am Dr. Marla Luncheon, and I'm here with my co-host, Taryn Jaiga-Calendam. Welcome, welcome to everyone. Welcome, Taryn, how are you? Welcome, welcome, night, night, night to everyone. I hope you all had a beautiful week and weekend. Mm-hmm. And we are back again on this beautiful, hot Sunday. <laughs> Imagine you think it's hot. Can you imagine? It's hot. It's hot. It gets hot. It gets hot where I am too. You know, even though I live in the tropics, we kind of have a like an average, like a regular something that we we bubble between seventy seventy five. Mm. Um, over eighty for us is a little scorching, but today we hit like in the nineties. So it was it was pretty hot today. It's ninety seven where I am now. Yeah, it's a good day for cricket, but not a good day to be outside. Right, right, right. Yes. So and and as that music faded for us to start, I must say that um, Afrobeats is is really having a moment now. You know, um, yeah, it 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 really is. You know, and just last week too, I heard another nice one um, at the end of our program as well. So it's just they're they're just in their in their moment now. In their moment now. It's their time. It's their time. Yes. So let's continue celebrating them. That's all. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I, I was, I think I was telling you that um, you know, imagine years ago when all the um the, the continent had to look forward to was people like Miriam Makiba and Hugh Masakela and so on, and they were reaching out, but you know, they certainly were not getting the sort of play that every single radio station is embracing Afrobeats with. Yeah. And my, my take, my take on that has always been. Um, <clears throat> What the newer, the newer, and the newer sensations have done, they didn't really play with the music, the sound of Afrobeats. Right? Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you hear, it, you know it's Afrobeats. Yeah, absolutely. They, what they did was play in the sandbox with everybody else. Yes, yes. They started changing their style, the 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 way they 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 treated their video in terms of like the treatment they used. They they kept it African. They kept um, snippets of their the real authentic. African looks and mm-hmm. things on the continent, but they treated it differently. Mm-hmm. So what they would have done is like, here what? Let's employ a videographer from who does a, a mainstream hip hop video. Let's spend the money. Mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. Let us call in a guy who makes for Snoop Dogg and the mainstream artists. Let's try mm-hmm. to see if we hire one of their engineers, if they'll bring something. Not playing with the song, but the packaging. Yes. What they yes, yes, yes. I yes. saw mm-hmm. when they went from the, I don't want to song derogatory in any way, but they were, the, the people you mentioned were straight up dashiki and. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. When uh-huh. they started to change the look and you saw like the, 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 the ones who we know now, the Davidos, the, the Burner Boys, the Whiz Kids, and all of them started to say, hey, how about I take off the dashiki? Mm-hmm. I put on a snapback and some jewelry. Let me mm-hmm. look like a rapper, but I'm singing Afrobeat. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because what they wanted to do was just capture the eyes of the world. Yeah, right. And then because now that you have them looking, you know, they right. kept it authentic in terms of the sound, as you say. And, and, to, and to, if you're being fair, um, they bring it right back home. Because when they travel, like I saw, I always talk about this interview, but it felt so warm when I saw the video speaking to... Um, uh, Trevor Noah, when mm-hmm. Trevor was so impressed with how much money he spent and how much of the homeland he brought to the world. 
Mm-hmm. Like he made it as duty. He said he's never, he always said as a child, if he ever made it, he's not leaving anybody behind. Mm-hmm. So he took as much as the person who cleans, the chef, everybody, his entire tour comes mm-hmm. from Africa. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hire a service provider from none of the lands he goes. He brings everybody he needs. It's whatever right. it costs, he ships everything he needs. Mm-hmm. And he puts on us. He say when I bring in Africa to the world, this is what it means. He say I can't bring Africa to the world, and it's just me. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Everything around it is Americanized or is European. Right. He say, no. he mm-hmm. say when I reach, I am coming with everybody. So he walks mm-hmm. with a chef. He walks with a stylist. He walks the person to to train the dancers. The the everything mm-hmm. is from mm-hmm. the mother. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that, and I guess that energy. It took them a while, but that. But if you're really looking at the age of music and the timing, it's really not that long. Mm-hmm. Afrobeat has been around a while, but if you look at music on a whole, like from in the earlier days, if you're thinking like hip-hop and the culture of hip-hop really started in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The whole term hip-hop and everything was, it's not really old-old. <laughs> you understand? It's not right, a right. Yeah, 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 no, it's not. It's but not. They've been successful and it shows the power of blackness because the culture of black people that's how we walk, talk, and operate fascinates the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why everybody, and it's unfortunate that we were never supported by each other because we were taught to hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the struggle now is really liking yourself and allowing us to embrace and support each other. Because we don't get, as much as we have it in little pockets, we need more of it, more cheering, and I always say more cheerleading for us, ourselves. Meaning yes, we mm-hmm. always try to act as though, yeah, whatever. But everybody mm-hmm. else we're going to cheer for. But right. once it's somebody who we know, it's like, right, right, right. okay. Yeah. So anybody uh-huh. comes to you excited, hey, you didn't see what Amala did? Da, 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 da. The response is, okay, she did that? All right. It's right. never, oh my God, yeah. I'm well, the, and, and meanwhile, somebody like, let's say, um, for, for want of a worse example, you know, you could say like beyond say that something mediocre and then everybody's like all over it you know mm-hmm. what i mean not not like beyonce does mediocre stuff but i'm just saying it could be somebody who everybody knows and the product could be substandard but you know because it's who that person is then everybody you know so we, you're right we, we definitely need to support yeah but if we're being fair, if we being fair i'll be talking about like beyonce and the others like let's even take it back to bob marley bob marley was loved by white people before Jamaica mm. was the one. Mm-hmm. He was Absolutely. outside of Jamaica before. Jamaica. Right, exactly, exactly. Yes. So we, as I said, we were taught to because be because a prophet is not a prophet in his own land. The right. Bible tells us that. And we were, always, and we mm-hmm. were also taught to believe it, and that and that see that statement of prophet is a prophet in his own land. It's it's so deep rooted in so many different things, mm-hmm. and the interpretation is so watered down. Is that that teaching people took that statement and and weaponize it to the point where our forefathers, like our grandparents and, and stuff, as black men, try to use that analogy to do nonsense. Mm-hmm. So they will go out to hunt or whatever and then come back and tell their home, their family, their wife that you don't appreciate me like other people do. So that's why when I go to mm. these places, I do these things because mm. they appreciate me and you don't. And mm. ran with that and used it as a cover to really condone nonsense and don't mm. didn't understand because we were so short-sighted we didn't understand that the repercussions of the next generation be, again to we never believe for a thousand years we were going to have an opportunity to have generational anything 
Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you really look at, at, at the days of sleep, you would have, they felt that they were just trying to survive in that moment. Right. They were thinking about, I need to survive to make sure that my kin and my, my offsprings have a better life. It was just right. about surviving. Right, right. And I heard in a little clip with, with um, Kevin Hart talking to Jay-Z, um, Kevin Hart was saying, you know, I've, I've seen where you've come from, um, and I want to talk about the things that you accomplished not understanding or not believing that you could have accomplished those things. Because, And, and then Jay-Z starts to say, well, you know, we all came from, like, depressed neighborhoods and so on. Um, and, and it's not about the money. It's just about he, he didn't describe it using the word, resilience or resistance but that if i had to put it in a, in a little bubble that's what i would say but he spoke about having um when, when they took away the drums and then we would make noises on the table you know mm-hmm. when like when things were taken away from us we found a way around it and when our music was, was taken away from us we were still able to sing and so on you know so i i agree with what you're saying because it goes down years is a little a little deeper because you go further back than he does, but mm-hmm. you know it's the same. It's the same it, sort it, of it, it, same it, it, concept. Same concept. Him living in Marcy Projects never felt for a second he was anything more than a drug dealer. Right. It so happened that somewhere inside of there, somebody realized that yo, outside of hustling and slinging drugs, you can have a nice tone. You can rap. Yeah. So. On an off day, let's just wrap now and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it so happened that around that time, the whole energy of hip hop and everything that was happening in New York and it was just this, the universe it, aligning for exactly, him. Exactly, exactly. And that is mm-hmm. something that he was ordained to be where he is now. Mm-hmm, Regardless mm-hmm. of what, there's nothing that could have changed that. Right. You understand? That's mm-hmm. something we also have to accept. But I'm talking just in the natural space of things. We would never, we, we wouldn't, when we are parents, dressing you as a child, as a baby, and creaming you down and, and powdering you up and combing your hair. You black mothers and fathers won't preaching words of affirmation into a five month old. Mm-hmm. See you're gonna be president one day. You're gonna be this one. No, no. Mm-hmm. They just want you to look cute. Because yeah. they're just happy that you're alive and we can get formula and pawn a pamper. Yeah. So it was that. So we're talking about other races. Mm-hmm. When they speak this they preach words of you are going to be this, you're going to be that. So mm-hmm. from the age of five, you see a little Caucasian boy feel he's the next president. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. going to go to Ivy League school. So that's where the privilege start. The privilege start from there, you know. From the but sometimes, they... sometimes we think so. But the, the, today I actually saw this morning and I was so happy to see it because, you know, once Barack Obama is on TV, I'm watching. So it was CBS this morning and he has this project that he's doing with Bruce Springsteen it's called Renegades. So they have a podcast, they have a book, they have a couple of things they're doing. So they've developed this fast friendship, you know, and um, it was in 2008 that Bruce Springsteen went to him to get him to um to sort of support him with what he was doing and at that time he was still um in Chicago um and was now I guess probably figuring out maybe he should run or whatever. Right. And you know he went to lend his support to him and it, um President Obama said he couldn't understand why but then in talking to him he realizes that even Bruce Springsteen felt like he did not belong. He's like, I don't understand how a boy from New Jersey 
feels a white boy from New Jersey feels like he doesn't belong. And he said you would look back at his videos and so on and you would see him playing to these crowds. And he he told him he has his music is like ministry because when he is singing, you know, it, like he's waving his guitar and the crowd is waving everybody across waving their hands like in the same direction and stuff and when they showed a clip of it it was you know it was really like hypnotic and um he said no i i felt i didn't fit in because he didn't feel valued by his father and then we know that barack's father was absent he only met his father, I think, like when he was, his father left when he was two and then he encountered him again when he was like 10. Um, but he really didn't have that, you know, that, that father-son bond. And similar for, um, similar for Bruce Springsteen, but his father was, was there, just not as active as he wanted. And they got together because they both felt like they had something that they could offer. So the president says, well, imagine I'm coming from Hawaii. So I definitely felt like I didn't belong, you know? And they, they said that the, the soul of America, they felt was broken, you know, and we had all this work to do in terms of getting back to like centering ourselves. And what he said that I thought was very interesting is that it's not going to happen in our generation, but the generation that's coming after us they are not taking the same level of, let's say, um, let's say nonsense, really, because they're not really living by those codes that were handed down. They're a lot more tolerant and more willing to integrate and, you know, stuff like that. So right. he feels that we will not see the sort of utopia that we're looking for. We won't see it. And that unity, because he said he didn't get as far as he wanted to go during his presidency. Then a lot of it was undone during his successor's time. And now President Biden is trying to get back on, but he has like so much further to go that he doesn't think, you know, next 10 years, it won't happen. He says we're looking at like 20 or 30. That I, that I, that I agree with, but it, it takes me back to my original point that the conversation that we're having now, with him even saying that, stem from something, uh, uh, somebody wanting to make a difference or wanting change. Yes. What I'm saying is that those conversations never happened 150 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And exactly. behind. Exactly. I, we, and one I, of the I'm, things I'm, that I really I'm, liked mm -hmm. with them is that the president said, you know, when you make friends in your old age, it's sort of, it, it's so... Um, like, it's so special because now you really don't have time for, you know, all the small things. You find meaning in friendships that you make in later in life as well. Not necessarily old age, because you, but later in life. Because the maturity that you now have. Yes. And when you start to bounce that off somebody else, it yes. automatically connects differently. Yeah. Because there's not room for... Back in the days when you're a teenager and you're building friends, most of the time that person is your friend in a moment because you share... Because of something. Yes. yes. So you are like to club. You like to go to a particular club. We're doing that. But mm -hmm. when you get over 40 and you mm -hmm. start to really clamp down on life, the things you appreciate changes mm -hmm. and your appreciation for things moves in a different direction. And when you find somebody and it aligns, it automatically feels better and different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I can see. And you also hold more value for the ones that stood the test of time. It's like my relationship with my boy Ricky and Shabba mm -hmm. is because we've been friends from single digits. Mm -hmm. so to be grown men with children and family, it's a different. So we enjoy the nostalgic 
sitting yeah. down and having a drink and talking about boy you remember when we were under and it's like wow because it feels like two thousand years ago. Right. But okay. it's also good to share those moments as well. Absolutely. And then and then encompass the new. Like you you feel you feel happy to call and share, hey this is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Well I met this person and this is who and they and they receive a difference as well. Yes, yes. Yes. As opposed to when we kids, I don't care what you comment. And we were lying, or we lying. It's like hey, we passing. A, I don't care to know what revelation. Okay, you did okay, and you okay. Is she right, coming right. to the party or no? <laughs> she yeah. coming, well, I don't care. Right. <laughs> so right, I understand right. what Burke said, and yes, we we saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's only that um going back to we went real of course because we started talking about Afrobeats but just going back <laughs> to the original reason why the conversation went here was to say sometimes um staying true to self is one of the best tools but also it's it shows a level of maturity when you can accept change or to change things a little bit and I think that is what Suka struggles with Mm. making comparisons because Trinidadian mm-hmm. especially we believe that we are the owners of it's like this kind of ownership syndrome and mm-hmm. nobody must have it mm-hmm. so because mm-hmm. nobody must have it so we treat it this way we alone must get a Suka Grammy so because of that we're not giving nothing so we're not giving nobody else no love and energy right right we have right. lost we have disconnected with the music and it became a matter of self and mm-hmm. that's who happened because of the stripping of it too early. Calypso was now in a nice space when they came and separated it with Suka. Mm-hmm. We should have been still in Calypso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it should have been like Calypso, well, okay, that's a Suka style. You call it Suka Lip, whatever. It didn't have to be a totally different, different thing. Different genre. They make mm-hmm. it feel like it's a totally different genre. When mm-hmm. it's, it's, it comes from the same body, it's like a mother have two children and it's different fathers. Mm-hmm. So, the there should children, still be something, some a common the, thread. The mm-hmm. common thread is the mommy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that is how it goes. But because of the parents, the children grow separate. Mm-hmm. So they look like brothers and sisters. <laughs> but they don't look like you understand. And right. that's what happened with Suka. Suka yeah. looks like his sister of, of Calypso. Right. It's right. Like you by yourself and mommy, who is Calypso? That's who make sure it hands up yeah yeah two hands up on that but anyway that was that was that but yes so guys i hope um we didn't <laughs> that was just sometimes they just have to fool with what's happening and that's yeah what exactly that exactly because i'm you sure don't we know. can tie it in with anything we're going to talk about now i'm <laughs> definitely i know for a fact that i can make some kind of comparison at some point yes because because you that's one of your strengths you're good with that but um, what I wanted to talk about today really was four universal social gifts and how we could use them in business and, and in social interactions. And it stemmed from going into an establishment um, earlier this week, maybe like Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I went to a nail salon and there was one person in there. And so I just wanted to know if, if I could get a pedicure done, if I could have gotten it done, a manicure done that same day. Or when would be a good time to come back? And I walked into the establishment and the lady who was having her nails done, she said, hello. So I said, hi, how are you? And I started to address the guy and I told him what I wanted. And he's like, oh, busy right now. So I said, okay, um, that's fine, but perhaps I can come back tomorrow. Um, No, um, 
so I, I am now taken aback because you're in the service industry and I am actually coming to give you money. You know, why is it so hard for me to part with my money because your service is shoddy? You know, and I couldn't, I really, for the life of me, struggled with when I left because, you know, um, so I said, okay, well, perhaps, um, Friday or Saturday, um, oh, maybe come back, come back. So I'm like, okay, at this, is, you know, the, according to daddy, twice I went to that place, the first and the last time. So then when I got to, I, I made an appointment someplace else, got there, and someone in there had a similar experience, and they were telling the, these people at this other place, um, are you guys usually open on Sunday because we passed by and you were closed and we went to the other place and we said to the guy, we wanted two pedicures, and he said, no, no. <laughs> so we just left. Wow. So... I, you know, I, I'm like, wow. I, so I started looking up, you know, how we could, how, what are some of the things that we can do? Because now I'm thinking, okay, is this cultural? Because it shouldn't be because the other set of people that I went to, they were the same culture. So why is it, you know, I, I really couldn't understand. And sometimes we really can't peg every bad experience on just one person from a particular race, you know, because, you know, we, we really shouldn't do that. So these universal social gifts, there are four of them, and we all have them, but sometimes we don't use them like we should. So they're appreciation, connection, elevation, and enlightenment. Appreciation is really recognizing and respecting and praising someone's positive qualities. So we ought to, as human beings, let people know that we understand and respect their positive qualities. We should give compliments because, you know, we know what compliments do. Compliments would help children to learn. They increase sensitivity. They can affect relationships. They can strengthen a relationship. They can soften a relationship. So just imagine you're not having a good relationship with, let's say, a superior at work. One of the easiest things to do might be finding something that they actually do well and complimenting them on that. Now, you don't want it to be something fake because then they could be like, oh, you're just trying to butter me up. But, you know, find something that they genuinely do well and give them a compliment. And it can help to soften that relationship. They can now, you know, start opening up to you. Connection. So connection is really finding places where you overlap with somebody. So like, for instance, with President Obama and, and the boss, you can actually see, you know, where they had, where their lives overlapped because they had similar interests and stuff like that. You know, um, so it's, it's being able to find where you actually intersect with others. Um, so like going to the same high school, like in the same band, having mutual friends, same hobbies, you know, that kind of thing. People generally like people who they can identify as having some characteristics that are quite similar to their own. You know, it, I, I think that strengthens it. Yes, we like to say opposites attract, but you know, I feel like when people are like-minded, they go further together. Then with elevation, it has to do with lifting people's spirits. Like there's some people that you just like to have around you just because of the energy that they bring. They make you laugh. They put you in a good mood. Um, you know, they could introduce you to fun activities and stuff like that. And then the last one is enlightenment. So where you come into a space and you're always able to leave that space better than you found it. So you're able to give people interesting information, different perspectives, nice ideas, and it doesn't have to be 
something like really heavy, like how we just started talking today, you know, um, and so people are probably learning about Afrobeats and thinking about, um, you know, some of the things that we've said, and then they can go away thinking, oh, wow, I didn't look at it like that before. So those are the things that we should endeavor to do. And when generally when people have um, like a balance of those four things, we often say that they're charismatic and when there is an imbalance, then, you know, it could be off-putting a little. And some people are deliberate with, with their um, use of these, um, with, with their use of these social gifts. So, and I'm reminded today of two people, and this is because I saw a photo earlier today. Today is 35 years and one day since Dr. Kenny Anthony and Mia Motley both graduated together from law school. Okay. And it's just so interesting that both their lives led them to be prime ministers of their respective islands, you know, and they both came. They sort of sat in class together. That's so cool. now, yes. So mm-hmm. now I am more interested in who else was in that class because, you know, there really? may be somebody who is not living up to their potential. Somebody might be feeling very, very slighted and I'll be like, wow, I was in this group photo. What have I done? You know, yeah, I would love to see the group photo. I I want to see it now too. I yeah, want to see it now too. And it would be amazing if you, you be, we take the group photo and dissect it, and every member of that photograph is excelling in some particular field. And and they should be because they remember they graduated from law school, so they all should be. I I would think. Once they're not deceased, they should be. Yes. At least a uh, attorney general. Uh, um, partner at a firm or owner right. of a firm. Well, in this case, we have two prime ministers, so right? that's, that, that that checklist. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. we can have a president in there. Yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. have been a nice checklist. Or, or a, a member of parliament. Anything along that line. Yeah, would be cool though. Would be cool yeah. to know. That's that's a nice question to pose to anybody having the opportunity to sit down and talk to either him or her uh-huh. and ask. Do you Who all in contact class? or do you have any information about anybody in that graduating class? That's a, mm-hmm. nice, a beautiful question. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people just like you will want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, so, that's a really and, nice And question. those are both charismatic people, very charismatic people. And they don't necessarily lead with it, you know, like like lead with charisma. They just, they just seem to, like, if you have a chance to talk to Kenny Anthony, he is so engaging because he's a towering figure, you know, he's like six right. something. And he has this, he sort of softens it by like leaning into you and, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, and, and of course we know that, um, but Prime Minister Motley's, her, her love for culture and music sort of is at the forefront of what she does, you know, so it, it makes people warm up to her. And she has not yet spoken on a public platform. Well, let me say international public platform and has not mentioned Bob Marley or some lyrics from a Bob Marley song, yeah. you know? So she always has this, she, music for her can just tie into anything. So, you know, that's, that's actually really nice. So I was thinking that what, what we need to do is we need to think of what do we give, like of those four things, um, appreciation, connection, elevation, enlightenment, what do we give? And most of us have a strong suit. Like we know, okay, this is, I like, I give a lot of compliments or like when I walk into a room, I generally would say something funny or something like that. We understand where our strengths are, but how can we actually strengthen the ones that are weak? You know, what, what can we do? Um, and knowing what you want to give can help you 
close those gaps. So if you figure, well, maybe I need to strengthen elevation. Maybe I need to just work on being able to lift people's spirits when I walk into a room. You know, then you can actually work on what are the things that I can say? What are the things that I can do? What are some of the things that I can learn? Which ties back to self-awareness and having an understanding empathy, which I think is usually at the center of a lot of things. If in cases where there's empathy missing, things go south pretty quickly because people don't have that genuine concern for others and what others could be feeling in the moment and, you know, stuff like that. So it's always helpful to be aware of what you do and what you, what you don't do as well so that you understand, you know, what you can give to others in, in the moment. And, and if we are to think of, um, as we started by talking about music, um, you know, if we are to think of how, what music really does to us in terms of that, that, um, spirit of elevation because you can listen to a song and like right now going right back to Afrobeats and we don't even know half of what they're saying yeah, but yeah. the vibe, vibe is you know yeah that like, energy is like, like this, this is song, a happy song the song that that is that took the glow by storm and which is last last bonus do a single mm-hmm. one with the Halle, with the tony braxton sample that's it that's it that's the discussion nobody knows what he says <laughs> Everybody say shallow, and that's it. <laughs> Nobody does not know what comes out of his mouth after. And he, like he, less is in, he's milking that because <laughs> it's rumored it's a breakup song because he was dating Stefan Dunn and they separated, and that was his breakup song. And right. Some people saying it's not. Some people say it's a song about him smoking. It's a smoking song. So everybody, but nobody knows. And apparently his team and everybody else, like an African, a whole, that decide to say. Whatever we're gonna say it is, it is. So this Well well I mean, if we can figure out what the um what the words are, the non English words, if we can figure out what those words are, then we'd be able to give some credence to, you know, what, what they uh, actually yeah, feel in the moment. So I can't people, wait for school to open people, people for me tried, to ask people tried, somebody people down tried. the hall. Yeah, people tried and, and everything comes back saying it's just a breakup song. That's it. Oh, okay. That's it. If you if you go Google go anywhere. Well, well, I mean, he does say, he does say, um, he, he said something to the effect like, maybe in the next life, we'd, we'd have a chance or something like that. But he did say the person was basically draining his energy, you know, um, and, and, and that was it. But it's, it, it reminds me now of, of Alicia Keys, it sounds in A minor because minor keys are usually sad, but you know, she is able to, um, once she sat at that piano and started going, everybody was like, whoa, whoa, and it's a sad song. It's an minor key. So, you know, and the whole album, songs in A minor is like, this is a whole album of sad music, but it certainly didn't feel that way. Yeah, so, yeah, so well, that's, that's, she was really, a, she was a talent when she hit, she hit the world by storm as well. Yes, yes, that, yes. That amazing she, talent. Yeah, she was definitely and, in the end. Like, and we have a couple of them from, from Whitney Houston to, to um uh Lauren Hill, mm-hmm. all of them have each individual have their own thing that they brought. And then there's the beehive who is now uh, uh living onto herself, like a being onto herself because people <laughs> use her name in it in a tomb, like Right, right, uh, exactly. She's not really a person anymore. Exactly. She's now 
and who she's morphed into something different. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, 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 but still, I don't, I mean, and I think that there's so much more that could be done. You know how I feel about this. I feel that there's so much more that could be done. Like that she could just lend her voice to, like you know. And and, and I think we I don't hear see you her. And many like you see it, but I have come to the understanding that the powers that be, the wrong table, which is her, how every government and every how they say there's a seat of a, a wrong table of men who run the world. Mm-hmm. And there's a in, in politics, there's a cabal that runs the politics behind the scenes, the financiers. In the land of Beyonce, that wrong table said what they said and they're not trusting. <laughs> because she they have they made her into that persona and she never shift. And I'm apparently thinking, she has released the names of the tracks uh, uh, that's going to be on this album. The album with the one song that everybody's going crazy, right? Yeah, so yeah. She released the names and people are going crazy. No, all they have now is the names of these yeah, songs. Yeah, access to nothing. Right? Is, but and I people do. are losing their collective minds. So the creative genius behind what she is and that machinery, they are then now testing their waters in this new world. Because you have to remember, Beyonce is senior to what the music business is now. Yes, it's yes, for sure, for she, sure. She, uh-huh. does not, she does not bathe in the sea, doesn't play in the same sandbox with, with, um, Megan is Stallion and, right. and, and, and the, the, the Cardi B's and all of them. Right. She's, mm-hmm. that no. She's a being unto herself. So her team now have to test the power still. Mm-hmm. It's like in local politics, in, in regional politics, Mia did it. Mm-hmm. Mia saw that, hey, she, uh, opportunity, let me test the waters and see how powerful this thing is and bam, it works. Right. He tried it and he failed. Right. So everybody does it. But in her case, her team has been amazing. Um, I am really hoping that I am here and I'm, I will be living in the time when she comes to do her real memoirs. Because I think that is going to be her exit is going to be the biggest news story of that time. That's how mm. I feel. I feel she's going to come 25, 35, 40 years from now and say, listen, let me give all you Beyonce. And that stage left feet, the black exit is going to be the biggest news story of life. Mm-hmm. Because... She is so, same thing we could have gotten from Michael right. if he had lived. Because Michael's story, as much as a lot of people try to create it and recreate it and tell it, and there's a lot of things we wouldn't believe mm-hmm. because we never heard it from him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we can mm-hmm. only speculate. Mm-hmm. And then he lived his life with ridicule for so long, trying yes. to prove innocence. So his life was really sad. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, I just believe he had a sad life. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing talent, mm-hmm. but a sad life. But not, so, yeah, I was going to say, not, definitely not a happy person. Yeah, but um, where she is concerned, that is like a lone superstar. Mm-hmm. We have stars now, don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Shout to everybody who who's successful in the entertainment world, but she is someone who, again, she's royalty. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who, when you see photographs of the royal family, the royal family is giddy eye for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were taught to believe that the royal family is the la- all and is it be all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, the Kardashians kind of put a damper in their spirits because <laughs> the whole phenomenon that was bigger than the royal family phenomenon. Absolutely. And when that happened, the royal family, what do I put it? The, the 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 level that they were at. Yes, they still have things like the seal, like where they eat if they come to a restaurant and they eat. Your restaurant then have to change certain things because it's now dubbed. That they ate there, they still have that, and that's some that whole powerful monarchy type style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you really look at it, the Kardashians have the same thing. Because when Kim posts you, 
You could be selling bread today, and if Kim posts your bread, your bread sold out. Yeah, yeah. Kind of energy that's in a different way in the new world. It's kind of like how Oprah had it. Mm-hmm. If Oprah spoke about your book, your book sold. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Once you yes. once you got an endorsement from mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. meant that you were doing something right. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm saying. So Beyonce doesn't give anybody any endorsement. She mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. She is an entity unto herself, and they create. But sometimes, her. though, sometimes, and if we're talking about elevation and enlightenment, I watch this thing with um, Big Frida. When Beyonce's people had reached out to Big Frida to collaborate on the song that had the, she, she wanted the New Orleans vibe in it, and um, Big Frida said that you know they really couldn't understand her and they, they got a call, you know, call her a text saying Beyonce's people wanted her. They, they're just like, oh my god, Beyonce wants to talk to me. And Big Frida, as far as I am concerned, Big Frida is the queen of bumps, and yeah. Big Frida has. Um, they're like a, a law unto themselves, really. Like, yeah, I yeah. feel like Beyonce should be, you know, like, let me see if Big Frida will see me now. It should be that kind of energy, you know? They don't but give, they don't give, they don't give, they don't give the... Big Frida's like, you know, oh my gosh, I couldn't wait, and, da, 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 but, and then they did say that um, they only got like a couple bars of, to, to listen to to vibe to and then they just sent back what they had to do like in a couple of couple of hours or whatever they went right away to the studio and they didn't get any feedback the next thing they know there was a song dropping mm-hmm. you know so but but that kind of feeling that's that's the sort of you know well everybody's not going to walk around with beyonce elevation and enlightenment because i mean not everybody has the ability to change someone's life that profoundly um or to impact someone's life like in terms of money, that was huge, you know. But sometimes a word to someone makes such a big difference, you know. Just just telling someone how much you value them, or you know, saying something nice, paying a paying person a genuine compliment makes a big difference, you know. So as I'm looking here at the little self checklist that I wrote in terms of being able to understand, um, you know, how we could how we could actually make a difference with these for social gifts. Um, one of the first questions is what benefits do I provide to others? And it, those of us who actually are self-aware can actually understand. It. Like that's a question we could perhaps talk for 10 minutes about. Like, oh, well, I could tell you, I could list off, you know, the benefits that I provide to others. Um, and I'm sure that you could do the same. But it's an exercise that I think ask any West Indian, do. Ask any West Indian mother, for, mother what benefits she provides to others, and you're going to get a two days full. She's going to start to tell you, what benefits do I provide for you? I'm the reason you are here. <laughs> That's how it's going to start. <laughs> so, yeah, we... And then you, have, then you get to the part with... Um, it, it, and if you get me vexed, I brought you in so I can take you out. Yeah, I can take you out, yeah. So listen, do not ask. There are certain questions that we need to not ask West Indian but, mother. But, but, you know, no, 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 no. We have to, people have to understand. I see, I disagree with that because for, for comedic effect, we should not. Yeah. But in reality, in reality, and in terms of getting people to understand that they can be more than just um an employee or they can be more than just a mother just you know they can actually have this social cohesion they can help to be the glue in people's lives of course, of you know course. i agree I was but it should be pointed out to them you know we should we should point that out to them so that they understand 
fully their their things besides just going to work and coming home or you know going to bible study after work or whatever you know um then another good question is how would others describe feeling after an interaction with me and again depending on who you ask the response could be comedic as well so you know you you there's some people who should not ask this question not unless they are wanting to make a change. And then they should probably have like an inner circle, like the round table, like Beyonce's round table. They can have a, a circle like that, whose influence they really value and whose criticism they can really take and implement and make some changes. So if you can genuinely, if you want to make a difference or if you want to change somehow and you, you ask, well, how would others describe feeling after an interaction with me? And then you ought to listen quietly to the answer. Because you might hear some things that you don't like, and that could give you where the gaps are, you know, in, in your life. And we still ought to um, continue to practice listening actively, where we listen, but we don't listen to respond. We listen, we really listen to hear what is being said and what is not being said, because that is what could be helpful. Then another good question is, of these four gifts, which are my strongest in? So you want to understand for yourself, of all of these things, where am I genuinely the strongest? And so you could improve on the ones that you're not necessarily as strong in, because as long as you're self-aware enough to understand where your strength lies, then you do understand where the gaps are in terms of what you could fill in there. All the weaknesses, you could address the weaknesses easier. Yes, yes. And and I'm big on working on weaknesses because, you know, sometimes people always people tell you to, um, you know, work with your strengths and play up your strengths and so on. But if you show genuine ability or willingness to want to improve on things that you're weak at, then that's genuinely where your strength could come from or where someone's willingness to assist you, you know, could come. Because somebody could see you working on something and they're like, ah, let me throw my, my efforts behind this. I can help this person to, to strengthen this. And, and you may not even recognize you, the person trying to help, may not necessarily recognize that it was a weakness for them because you just see them working on it. You see them leading with it, you know. So that's, that's one of the things that um, you can look at as well. And then you can also ask yourself, are there gifts I tend not to give to others? And I find that one interesting because there's some people, there are people we know who don't give compliments. And that's why their phrase is like, ah, if there's a compliment in there somewhere, I'll take it. Because you know, you hear somebody saying something, you know, and they kind of skirting around the issue. Um, You know, they're saying what they're saying and you're like, compliment or not you know and then you just say oh well if there's a compliment in there i'll take it so what are what are some of the things that are holding you back from giving any of those four things that you could give to other people and why are you doing it so maybe there's some self-examination that needs to happen why aren't you being appreciative why aren't you trying to explore connections why aren't you trying to elevate others or why aren't you enlightening people? Sometimes, sometimes, and when you ask, when those questions come up, you, you then you start to, to pick from people how they felt or how they feel. 
a lot of people mm-hmm. have never experienced anything mm-hmm. anything soft or anything nice so they don't understand how to receive soft and nice things and mm-hmm. we also have to we have to remember that too sometimes we can't take for granted that you us as individuals like some people who that there are people who you encounter with who you can tell by the way they smile and just the way how they move and walk that they grow in love that mm-hmm. they under, they were loved like love loved mm-hmm. and they understand love and they were taught how to receive and give love and they bounce up somebody and something that comes natural to them the person is skeptical to take it mm-hmm. because they don't understand <laughs> how to receive it because they never did Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these are things that a lot of people had to learn later on I and I, I speak loud on it all the time because I struggled with that for many moons and it's not because I was in a household that was in love as a young adult I always felt that to get love I had to do things mm-hmm. it was never natural it was never mm-hmm. a case of you're going to get it just because, just because right. you have to is like a test Mm-hmm. You do this, you get an E. You do this, mm-hmm. you get a B. Do that, you get a C. For me, a big fraction of my life was based around my performance as a young man because of where I came from. Mm-hmm. It's like I couldn't talk to certain people or be in certain rooms if I didn't perform a particular type of way. Mm-hmm. I had to acquire all of these things first before I could even have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I got caught up in trying to acquire all of these things only to realize I, I left out a lot of things and missed plenty. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, and because of the, the, the jobs my parents had, I didn't have love for me came from making sure that I was housed and fed and right, <laughs> included right. and that kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. So, I was out from early. So from an early age, I was gone. And then when I was by myself, I never felt as though I couldn't go back because I always, it was always welcome. It was always mm-hmm. welcome. But one thing I could say, I could never say that as a young man, when you first moved out, I always had the, we had one little ritual. On Sundays, we all ate at the same place. Mm-hmm. Right? And that was it. But outside of that, like when you started a date and as a young relationships in the early 20s, it was weird for me. I didn't get some of the things. Like, when I see people operate and function now, some of the times it's like, it was weird for me. It's like, yo, that's crazy because I never get that. Like, I see people say things, but yeah, I do this and I watch it. Like, okay, <laughs> I, that's new for me. I never get that. For me, I have to do so, 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 so. And they're like, what? And I went through that phase. And I just, you know, sometimes there's certain things you just put in the back table. And it's like, maybe that's what it is for me. And I just keep it going. Mm-hmm. And I did that for so long, it just became, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until I got kids and I started to really ask different questions. And in order to not have them, I don't want to say confused, but in order to make sure that they were well balanced and loved, I seeked help from me mm. to make sure that I was doing the right thing. And that is how I was able to put myself in a position understand a lot of things and understand way more than I understood back then and mm-hmm. and speak into them different things things that yeah. wasn't speak, wasn't spoken into me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I live for having experiences with them like I say this all the time like I had a beautiful relationship with my father the last five years as everybody knows I say it all the time before he died but I also could tell everybody I have zero memory mm-hmm. with him we never mm-hmm. did anything right right so, mm-hmm so you see the yin and yang? 
I had the view in terms of conversation, him embarking knowledge because he was a knowledgeable man, he was a minister. I watch me, he give me phrases until I can't remember mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we spoke so much in the last five years. Right. He left gems, what he left yeah. was gems, things mm -hmm. that I use now to strengthen mm -hmm. who I am in terms of my field, right. A lot of what I say and how I say it, my connotations, the way I talk, my mannerisms came from him. Okay. Like, when, like people say to, me, say to me all the time, like when I hear, like for his funeral, I remember I said a few words and I remember his entire congregation saying like, wow, could they thought that they are coming for the church show because like a reincarnation. <laughs> without, without even practice, without that, this was just me standing and saying, hi, welcome. And they said everything came out of my mouth is exactly how he how said he it. How he would have said it, okay. And how he flared, the way he would laugh, the way he would make a joke, everything. Mm -hmm. And yes, we had a beautiful relationship, but I never experienced, like, I cannot tell you ever going to the simplest thing, like a football game, create nothing, zero. Mm -hmm. That's one memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and you're saying that and I'm thinking it's probably it's probably a West Indian thing of that time because I know for sure that like daddy never went to like a football game with, with my brothers. That I can tell you for sure, sure. You know, but then the men of that age, I don't Yeah, know. yeah. So it's and, and I guess how active, they showed they were, love. They were acting how they showed love was mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. So now when you're trying to navigate, because you have to remember, these are things were embedded in us. In them. Mm -hmm. This is like mm -hmm. a cactus tree that's there for 500 years. Mm -hmm. So now, if you do not take stock and self-aware enough to know that that is not the way of the now, you will end up in problems. That's why a lot of people, like a lot of women in my age group and, and my peers, who had issues with their father, that's why they struggle now, mm -hmm. because they didn't take time to fix it. Some of them. But it's, it's interesting though because I am wondering if if there is because I see so many similarities with how you operate with your girls and how my two brothers operate with with their daughters, and I'm like, wow. I mean, who who taught you guys this? You know, because it's the same. The same. It's, it's like. Y'all are just transplanted. Y'all are the same person just transplanted with these little girls. And I get to watch those relationships from, like, I am watching several at the same time, you know? And for me, it's like, wow, because now the relationship that I have with my dad, I mean, you know, like, how close daddy and I are. We talk all the time and stuff. But I didn't have that as a child, which I see in you and my brothers and their, their right. daughters. Right, and that's the reason. The reason why is because, again, you are self-aware are self -aware enough to understand that time change, you changed, and you now in a position where you are so confident and sure of who you are, you can engage your father in those sort of conversations. You wasn't going to engage your father at 15 to talk about nothing, are you mad? <laughs> You going and tell him anything like, listen to daddy, I want to talk about you, want to do what? <laughs> and your mother calling you at the side saying, girl, your father busy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But time changed. No, even though we are busy, our children, are yeah. what we are learning now, they're born with it. Yes. So yes. what they will come to you with and you will be so astonished in the moment. Like I tell you, they come all the time with the, the craziest of things. They were and, and, to have, and to have a list, yeah, because I watched like my 10 year old niece. She's like, okay, this is what I need. And she comes with a list. 
I'm like, girl, you are 10. And I'm, and I'm trying to figure out what was I doing. I said, you're going to your father with this list. And she's like, well, yeah, how else am I going to get these exactly. things? Exactly. You know, right. like, like, I don't understand what you mean, auntie, but yeah. Right. And, and you see, and they're encouraged mm-hmm. by their peers and things that they see and people are wrong. Too. Yes. Like, yes. We won't encourage. You know, yes. they told our little girls they must be seen and not heard. Absolutely. We tell, and quiet speech is a mark of refinement. And we tell the boys that do not harass your father with nonsense. Yeah. And you follow and boys and the boy cry away you going and cry to your father for boy get up and shake it off. That is how we, we did not understand. Right. That, right. That, that, that you could be soft and still be strong. Right. Mm-hmm. So that now these children are exposed because the world is so smaller. Mm-hmm. Remember, those things existed back then, you know. We just wasn't seeing it. Absolutely. No, you see it every day. You pick yeah. up your phone, you see softness. Yeah. You see videos, you see experiences in different people. So it's like, well, hey, if this could happen here, why can't it happen here? But back then, we wasn't seeing nothing. All right. we were seeing before was what next and next bag, door. Mm-hmm. bag, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in order for us to survive, your job was to go to school, get, yes. good, get good grades. Oh my goodness, yes. Understand? That was it. You couldn't yeah. think for a second that. You're going to school. Let's say, for instance, I didn't vision. Well, I was, I'm an anomaly because I did do it. I remember defying my parents, as you know, defied my father and the job he wanted for me to do my own thing and figuring it out as I went. I went to the market and sell not because, as I said, I didn't come up in a home that I wasn't a lot of stuff. I just knew it in self. That's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted the freedom to do something else, and I enjoyed. I remember going to the market or passing, so always be so observant, watching men checking money and handing goods and the smiles and people's faces. I just love interacting with people. So mm-hmm. what I did, I had a market, I had a a, a a food store and a barber shop. Where else do you see different people all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how I. That was my first interaction with people, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it would take me down the journey of. Ending up a broadcaster, being an artist, going all that, where I do the same thing now. Right, a different, right. A different space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. I can walk in a room with 100,000 strangers and I'm guaranteed at the end. Of, look like last night, I was forwarded to you when we done. Last night I went on the what we call Arpita Avenue, which is a major street in Port of Spain, to do something. And when I pulled up, these women walked up to me. Three of them, don't know them, full women. They're like, hey, they're looking for a cable to jumpstart the car, their battery died. But mm. my car can't do that. And I didn't have cables. Mm-hmm. But I said, well, listen, we'll make some calls and see what could happen. But where I parked, I need to move when somebody actually came to help. So mm. I basically stood there until they were up and running. Right. I don't know these people, eh? At all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So today, out of the blue, I got this, this direct message. And it was this whole long paragraph saying, hey, I'm not a social media person. I just basically opened this page to see if I could find you because I know you are who you are. And I'm sure you would have been on social media. And I want to say thank you so much for staying last with me and my friends. And and, and to see somebody do that. And they went on and on. And to me, it's like, how oh, it's so on the other side. It's like, mm-hmm. that to me is nothing. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's what I know. That is what something that my mother would have instilled. Right. I would never see a lady I say you and not stop to let them cross or things like that. Right, yeah. And to them, that is like, oh my it's God. It's a big deal, like, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the same thing with me, like when you're talking about the softness and, and the receiving of things and how to receive it, I didn't know that part. Mm-hmm. Because to me, the only people allowed to give you anything, this is what I thought was your mother. Mm-hmm. 
I for years I was I always thought don't take things from strangers went real far with me. Right. My mother put that in my head so much until I remember getting older at that time for my birthday. I I was like, but you can no, you can't give me that. Are you crazy? You can, I well, I can I remember my mother shouting at me for bringing a pencil home. Right. Yes. Yes. Bad. So yes. I for years never took anything from anybody mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. people are not allowed to give you anything. Yes. yes. If they give you something, you have a trick behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother said maybe the people only give anything because they're working something in it. They'll give it and the hand will fall off. They'll give it and the foot will fall off. That's nonsense. Yeah. I even if I take some somebody, some somebody, my foot will fall off. My hand will grow and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while, and a lot of it lingered when I got older. Mm-hmm. Not to that extent, but a lot of it lingered. Right, right. So I always kind of do things with a pinch of salt. Like I always feel somebody has an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when sometimes mm-hmm. people are just naturally genuine and they just yes. want to say hey and I learned that now and I'm getting more, and now for me it's like still a little bit I will still watch like a stranger and it's definitely going to happen no new person at all I have to kind of warm into it mm-hmm. to even be cool enough I am definitely like I can be anywhere and somebody say hey, you want one no I cool I good I don't want any <laughs> <laughs> so guys we see that there's still some some unlearning that we all need to do um and yeah. and you know we talk about unlearning all the time but um i guess today's program really does show that there's still some steps that we can take um in terms of being better in the social spaces that we occupy um all right so i guess it's a fantastic note to end on and um i do hope that everyone has a positive week and I'm going to be back here next Sunday um, perhaps I'll be talking with Colette next week because you will not be here um, yeah, I yeah, will so, be in transit yes so I think next Sunday around this time I might be driving yes you see we say go but I definitely won't be able to do it but I'll yeah no I know I know to, to create a new experience with the girls yes so you you enjoy your vacation and then um we'll see you back it's probably not going to be the following sunday it's probably you're probably going to be out for like two sundays am i no uh, i should be back is this one? Oh, okay all right should, fine. it should be one depending on the week lineup it should be one even though okay it should be just one should be okay just. all right all right well guys have a fantastic week and i will be back next sunday all righty bye